everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Entree Pastors Podcast. My name is John Sanders, and uh, somebody just got done calling me Joel Olstein on Facebook. And uh, for some of my listeners, you may think that's a compliment. Probably for many of my listeners, you would not. And this pastor did not intend that as a consequence. Why am I telling you this? Well, I'm all fired up right now because I've been arguing with pastors in uh in a pastor's Facebook group, not really arguing. I'm just there presenting different narratives to what pastoral ministry might look like, narratives that fall much more in line with uh, the things we talk about here on the Entree Pastors podcast and uh, completely reject what has for way too long been the accepted narrative in pastoral ministry. And a part of that is this idea of the starving pastor. You've heard of the starving artist, right? The starving artist is somebody who you know would just not dare to to dream to charge anybody for the work that they do because they so value the purity of their art that they just could not imagine putting a price tag on it so therefore they just live and skimp in poverty and barely get by so that they can continue to create their thing well first of all there's a great book out there called Real Artists Don't Starve that really challenges that narrative in the world of creatives and people, whether your art is music or, you know, true like art with paintings and drawings and that sort of thing, or any other kind of content that you create in the world, uh, true artists don't starve. They find a way to get paid for the work that they create. Well, I'm here to tell you there's a narrative in ministry. Nobody says it out loud, the, uh, talking about the starving pastor. But we're quite comfortable with it. The narrative is there. We accept it. We sign up for it. And uh, I bump into it every single day as I engage with pastors online. And uh, it's right in line with what we're talking about in today's episode. This episode is called Challenging the Model of the Full-Time Pastor, Part 4. We're doing kind of a little mini-series here on the daily episodes of the uh, Entree Pastors podcast. And uh, I'm not going to review the other three. You can go back to last week's episodes and check those out. Uh, but let me just get to today's, and then we'll we'll talk about it for a few minutes. Um, one of the problems, here's kind of the big premise of this mini-series we're in. This idea, the model of the kind of traditional, vocational, full-time, professional pastor that does pastoring as a full-time J-O-B, an employee of the church, well, it's not inherently wrong. I believe it has created some unintended consequences that are not good. There are pastors that are bearing and, and reaping fruit that is not healthy for them, for their families, and, and ultimately the churches that they lead, and that's what I'm identifying in this series. Today, the, the one consequence that I want to bring out, and I'm going to say it out loud, even though when you say it in Facebook groups, you get called everything but... A Christian, and you even get called Joel Osteen by some of these guys. But here it is. Are you ready? Are you ready? This model of the full-time vocational professional pastor all but guarantees a built-in ceiling to a pastor's earning potential. Now, by show of hands, I'm looking out onto our Entree Pastors uh, listening audience. I see all of you. By show of hands, raise your hand if you went into pastoral ministry for the money. I don't see any hands up. I'll give you a few more minutes. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Anybody? You you went into pastoring because of the lucrative uh, thing that your high school guidance counselor told you that it would be? No. 
Nobody does that. And I get told this all the time. I get these pastors that wag their fingers at me in these Facebook groups and tell me, you know, you shouldn't have gone into ministry for the money. Well, praise God, I didn't go into ministry for the money. I genuinely felt a sense of calling of God upon my life to go into pastoral ministry to preach the gospel. I also thought that meant I had to be broke, and I made a willful decision back in the day. Why did I think that? Well, let's see. I grew up in pastoral ministry. I watched my parents struggle financially and barely get by uh, because of the low wages that they received from the church. And I don't say that with bitterness, but it did impact my life. It's hard not to be impacted by that and to connect those dots and go, oh, we're poor because dad's a pastor. That's it. I mean, like, if dad did the other jobs that I see other people in the church doing, like, we could take nicer vacations and have nicer things and we wouldn't be broke. But since dad said yes to the Lord, uh, we're broke. And we were happy. We had a a happy life. So I don't, again, I know that sounds really pathetic and, and miserable. It still made an impact, though, okay? And then fast forward, uh, I did my best to outrun a sense of calling that I felt of God on my life to preach, mainly because I was scared. Like, I was terrified of getting up and talking in front of people. The money was secondary, but it was still an issue. Um, I thought I loved doing what I was doing as a full-time firefighter, so I'm just like, God, don't mess with me. Like, I'll serve you. I'll, I'll be involved in your church. Just don't ask me to do that thing. I'm terrified of that. And he won that wrestling match and, and said, uh, I'm, this is my will for your life. I want you to preach. And so when that point of surrender came in my life, that sense of calling that I surrendered to, that, God, if you want me to do this, I'm scared. I think this is going to be a really bad idea, and I see a lot of failure in my future. But if this is what you're telling me to do, I'll do it. And uh, at that time, I also agreed to the Lord, and, and I'll be broke, like, because that's what that's what you do, right? You're a starving pastor. That's how this pastoral gig works. And it took me a long time to realize that God never asked that for me. Like, John, you signed up for that. I didn't ask you to do that. You just brought your world into alignment with what your belief was around what it meant to serve me in ministry. Well, where did that belief come from? It was certainly caught by the world I grew up in, all the conversations I heard, all the pastors that I knew and watched growing up, it just was kind of caught. Like We do not have a place in our mental framework for a pastor who's thriving financially. We don't see those. There's a few really extreme examples on you know late night Christian television or whatever, cable TV. But for the most part, the normal run-of-the-mill pastor, they're not doing very well financially. And the, the system, if you will, the church structure is built in such a way to ensure that we never get there. Like We will keep pastors relatively underpaid, in some cases grossly underpaid. And I'm not even mad about that. I'm not here to tell churches they need to pay their pastors more. In some cases, maybe that's exactly what needs to happen. But to me, that's a losing fight. We're not going to change that very easily. And praise God, let's just celebrate the fact there are some churches out there that not only recognize the value that their pastors are providing, they're also in a situation to reward them adequately, like like any other professional in their church who has been required to go get, you know, college and seminary or, you know, higher levels of education, degrees, and all of the professional skills they bring to their industry and to their trade, there are some pastors that are paid that well that way, but they are the exception, not the rule. I think the rule is most pastors, the ones I know, the ones that I have spent hundreds and hundreds of hours coaching and counseling, uh I don't do a lot of counseling. Let's call it coaching. The pastors I know are grossly overworked and underpaid. And we're just kind of, everyone's just sort of kind of okay with that. 
So I don't care how well you're doing, Pastor, the norm inside the church work world, when that's your J-O-B, once you start getting close to that $50,000, I'm talking kind of in your average size, normative size, smaller church, right? There's exceptions to this, obviously. Once you start getting into that 50K a year, you are bumping up hard to the ceiling of your earning potential. And again, if you're if that's not where you are, if you're like, John, my church pays me 80, 90K a year, praise God for that. That is not normal. You are an except you're you are in an exceptional situation and be grateful for that. Um, that is not normal in my experience for most pastors. Full time, uh, I and by the way, if the, if average is kind of in that 50k, there are countless pastors that I've talked to who are being paid, you know, thirty thousand dollars a year, and they're being told by their boards and their churches that, hey, pastor, this is full time, and we expect full time work for this. My issue is not with a pastor who's earning $30,000 a year. My issue is with a church that calls that full-time salary and expects full-time results for that kind of pay. Let's call that what it is. It is a part-time salary. And so what's the solution to this? Well, the solution is not to be even more dependent upon your church. So again, this is not a conversation about how to get your board to pay you more. How do we increase giving to your church? All of those things are good if, if that stuff can happen. There is a ceiling that you're going to bump into very quickly, though. Even if your church is doing very well financially, even if your church is doing very well in terms of savings and and there's just money in the budget, I'm telling you, very quickly, that ceiling is going to be approached where people are going to go, Pastor, I don't know that we can pay you this much money to do what you're doing because you're doing ministry. It's for the Lord. Like, we can't really have you thriving financially. We can't really have you living in abundance. Now, again, nobody's going to come out and say that directly. Maybe there's a few toxic boards that would, but for the most part, I don't hear those conversations being said out loud. It is very much a caught thing. It's not necessarily overtly taught, uh, but it's there. That ceiling is real. So what's the solution? It's exactly what we're offering at Entree Pastors. Hey, Pastor, Let's help you get out into the marketplace. Let's launch a business, something entrepreneurial where you're not just trading your time for money, but let's find a way to to really plant a business in your community or online or wherever you can show up and add value that comes out of your gifting, out of your passions, out of the things that God has put inside of you. Like, Let's find that sweet spot, that intersection where you've been wired uniquely by God to serve a need in the marketplace And let's go add that value, and then let's get rewarded financially. And here's the good news that I can tell you. When you're out in the marketplace, that ceiling disappears. You're not going to have people wagging their finger at you telling you why you shouldn't make that much money. I mean, in society, that, that narrative is still out there. But by and large, people understand, oh, you're adding value in the marketplace. Of course you're going to get paid well for the work that you're doing. For some reason, we don't see that inside the church world. And we can be sad about that, and we can talk about that all we want. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Also, I see the national trends on giving as as the older generation ages out and dies off. The younger generations that are following behind do not value giving the way that the older generations did. The funding model is going to have to look different. I, I firmly believe that in the days ahead. So this is how I believe this Andre Pastor model that we're talking about and that we're subscribing to and encouraging you to to have the permission and the freedom to lean into 
it solves that because guess what? If we can get you out in the marketplace establishing a stream of revenue or maybe multiple streams of revenue that are flowing out of business, in addition to the work that you're doing as a pastor, you are no longer financially dependent for your church as the sole provider for your family's needs. I want to help you not be in that situation. I love helping pastors not be 100% financially dependent upon their church. It's what we want to do. And we have a vision, by the way, in 2024, as we're still, we're just getting started with Entree Pastors. We have much bigger vision for where this is going. But with where we are in the, the life of our organization right now and our business, we have a dream this year of helping 50 pastors launch businesses by the end of 2024 that did not exist right now at the beginning of 2024. And I just want to cast that vision for you. What if you're one of those businesses, Pastor? What if what if you're one of those 50 people that we help launch a business this year that currently, as you're listening to this, that doesn't exist? You don't have that extra stream of income. We think it's a good thing for you not to be a starving pastor. We think it's a good thing for you not to be in a situation where you have all kinds of full-time, unrealistic, unbiblical expectations placed upon you for unrealistic pay, part-time pay, subpar pay. We're done with that. I'm done with the narrative of the starving pastor, and I want to help you break free from that. And uh, we see the answer being the entrepreneurial marketplace. Let's get you out there. Let's get a business started, and let's blow that ceiling off of this thing that's going to keep your income earning potential held in check to a humble $50,000 a year or $30,000 a year or whatever some group of Christians has deemed appropriate for someone that is quote unquote serving God and in ministry with their life. There's a better way. And if that is something that sounds attractive to you to be in a place where you're no longer financially dependent upon your church, that you actually have financial freedom. If that's an attractive idea to you, let us help get you there. As I've said many times on this show, right now the thing that we are really uh, beefing up is our Entree Pastors Business Builders community. I'm releasing this on Monday. Let's see, this is going to be coming out on Monday, January 8th. In two days, we've got 10 spots that we're opening up into our Business Builders community. Kind of a 30-day risk-free trial. The window's closing quickly on that just because of where we are in the calendar. But if at the time you're hearing this, there's still a few spots available, Man, take action, reach out. I'll tell you how you can take advantage of one of those spots for the next four weeks. We're going to bring you into our business builders community, let you be a part of it and experience the growth that's happening in there. Experience the progress that you see other people around you go, man, I can be on that same path. Like, let's do this. Let's go. Let us help you. So guys, I want to thank you for taking time to listen to today's episode. Tomorrow, I'm going to be back with the fifth and final installment in this little mini-series, Challenging the Model of the Full-Time Pastor, and uh, we will talk to you then. Have a good day. God bless.